Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to A Matter of Truth. This is episode 24. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, listening. We appreciate it. I am Anthony. I'm your host for tonight, for today, for this afternoon, for this morning, whenever you're listening. I run the account speak.gospel.truth on Instagram as well as A Matter of Truth. So uh, be sure to check us out there. We are getting back in the swing of it. This is the second episode for May. We try to record, we try to record twice a month uh, we haven't been consistent and we're trying to get back to that so thank you for your patience and and all the support that everybody gives us in the prayers um it's it's huge thank you so today we have a guest someone who's become a friend via instagram and uh she is a fellow marylander as well i mean literally like same neck of the woods as is where I live, which is extremely cool. Um, so she's going to be sitting in. Her name is Izzy, and she runs the account Saints and Society, which is an excellent account. It focuses on sound doctrine, sound theology, biblical Christianity. She doesn't pull any punches, which is awesome, and we need more of those. Um, she speaks the she speaks the truth in love, kindness, and gentleness. So we appreciate her sitting in. So let's get kind of right down to it. Izzy, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this is not the first time you've uh, ever been on A Matter of Truth, right? Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when I sent in that question. Yeah, it was in episode 10. I was, yeah, I so I was, you know, funny story. I was whispering when mm-hmm. I recorded that because my youngest was sleeping and I was up <laughs> before everyone. So I'm surprised you guys were able to get get that on because I was whispering in that question. I don't know if you caught that or not. No, it didn't sound like you were in a corner (laughs) whispering or anything. And I don't think Alex caught it either. So, uh, no, it was conspiracy theory question that you had asked uh, in the church. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great question. And I was trying to uh, remember what our answer was, if it was good or not. Well, (laughs) yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I can remember the exact answer. But I remember yeah. agreeing. It, the topic so. was about conspiracy yeah. theories. Do they belong in the church? Do yeah. They don't belong in the church. The yeah. Our thoughts. And um, it, 
my answer was based on, you know, I have a friend and he actually goes to church and the pastor talks about aliens um, from the pulpit. Oh, preaches oh on no, yeah. I'm cringing. Yeah, it's, Why? It's pretty bad. And my thoughts, my beliefs are that uh, the pulpit is strictly for um, mm-hmm. preaching the word of God. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it's about. I I agree. <laughs> I completely um, agree. It just doesn't belong in the pulpit. In yeah. general conversation, you know, you and me or someone else yeah. talking about conspiracy theories. I think it's fine. It's fine to have those kinds of conversations at the end of the day. But it's a distraction if you think about it, because you can go down the rabbit yeah. hole with conspiracy theories and just be lost. Oh, yeah. For days or weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's rabbit holes. Yeah. Just, it can get really, really bad. And it just takes your focus off the gospel. That's what the pulpit's for. Preaching the word of God. From scripture right. alone. That's it. Yep. I'm with you. I like that answer. Yeah. Hopefully it was a good answer. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get into this then. Uh, I have a couple questions and then I'm going to turn it over to you and you can introduce the topic. Um, Saints in Society. Can you tell us a little bit about the name, where it came from, how you came up with it? Because I think it's a great name. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up starting Saints in Society out of um, just a lot of loneliness um, and frustration with um, just even certain um, issues I had encountered with the women's ministries I had been a part of and really feeling isolated and like I was the only woman that really wanted to read the word and study God's um, word and go beyond, you know, the shallow how's the weather conversations that tend to happen in um, women's groups. And so that's where Saints in Society was born. Um, I had stumbled across just an incredible online community of um, women sharing truth, and I was feeling so encouraged, and I kind of had this moment of, I would love to do that. So it started with simple Bible verses um, that I would post regularly, and then it kind of turned into things I was learning and sharing videos that were encouraging me, and it's kind of evolved into what it is now, which is pretty cool. That's great, and you know, if anything good can come out of Instagram, it's uh, you know this platform of like-minded believers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, if you can impact one person, um, help one person, uh, you know that's a blessing in and of itself, uh, even through this platform. I've, I've had DMs and um, they're appreciative and, and um, that makes it worth it. It's, it's really moving and it's a blessing from God to, to, to share truth and to uh, proclaim his word. And, and when people DM you and, and, and you see those DMs, it, it does impact you. Yeah, it blows me away, honestly. Um, I think the first few times I might've yeah. cried. <laughs> Um, just to, I don't know. I just look back at, you know, my life before Mm -hmm. Christ and now my life where I am now. And I just see it's all testimony to God's grace and how he's changed me and how I really am a product Mm -hmm. of grace. And I know I've said that a few times in my stories, but it's like the fact that he can use me like a broken, Mm -hmm. sinful person to encourage someone else and point them towards him is really wild. Um, and it's such a privilege. So yeah, um, if it's one person, five people, ten people, ten thousand, I you know whatever God will use me and have me, mm-hmm. I am very grateful. 
Yeah, it's amazing what God can do with with anything. Yeah, even these. Yeah. You know, platforms. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. really. Like, it yeah, is. It, it's really amazing. Um, all right, so let's get into the topic. I wanted to have you on to do a Saints and Society takeover and have you kind of run the whole show. So why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce the topic and let's you know let's give you the mic and you can navigate us through. Yeah. It. Um, I've actually have been really excited to talk about this topic, um, mostly because it's one that is near and dear to my heart. Um, but the topic for today is is one that um, I don't think gets a lot of airtime and not many people talk about it, but it's one that is very prominent. Um, and it's just the topic of just the uh, shallowness that goes on in women's ministries and the problems, the common problems that go on and what I believe is actually the solution to many of these problems. So the, the main, the majority of the way I would describe it is milk, not meat. And so I kind of broke this up into three um, main points, but I think the first one starts with actual shallow fellowship. So um, I think many women can relate to the social events um, that are, you know, focused on like crafting or hanging out or, you know, these fun social gatherings that aren't really much for the spirit and much to encourage us um, and are kind of just hangout times and they're labeled fellowship, um, when really fellowship is moving towards building towards God's kingdom. And if we're not reading the word, if we're not um, challenging and exhorting and encouraging each other, we're not fellowshipping, we're just hanging out. Um, and that's kind of been a common theme in women's ministries, um, is just the superficial coming together, which I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying social gatherings are bad, but when that's the only thing you're getting in the church with other women, um, you're missing a lot. Um, so I know that this then can lead to, um, neglecting studying God's word, Um, and you know, this happens with not really reading the Bible together or even depending on a book to go through or a devotional instead of actually going to God's word or when the times, um, that we actually do open up the Bible, the reading and the understanding of scripture turns into, um, like a me centered study. And this is it's not helpful. And in fact, it's actually really dangerous because we're not taking into consideration um, the proper methods to actually study scripture. We're not looking at historical context, textual context. We're not properly interpreting it and evaluating it. And um, John MacArthur actually had really great um, questions that we should be asking when we're reading the Bibles. What does the Bible say about this? And what does the Bible mean by this? Not what we want it to mean or what we want it to say. And then we can use scripture to interpret scripture. So there is um, a very specific way that we should be studying the Bible. Um, And I would love to see women doing that together. But unfortunately, this doesn't happen. Um, in these shallow fellowship type um, circles. And I think this leads into the next point, which is um, unbiblical teachings kind of manage to worm their way in. And so you get things like, you know, the Enneagram, um, which is 
you know, has the facade of just a personality test when really, if you look at the roots, they're not um, as nice as that. And it actually comes from this man named Claudio Naranjo, who um, he admits in an interview that it was automatic writing, meaning he was getting supposed revelation from um, a spiritual entity, which we as Christians know is um, a demon. So he was being basically revealed this information by um, a demon and he took that and he ran with it and now it's seen in almost every church today um, and it's it's just really sad that where there is um, a lack of a strong biblical foundation um, it's only natural that one will be susceptible to false teachings and false um false teachers. So I also think of um, someone like Sarah Young, who wrote Jesus Calling, um, which is a really popular devotional. And she also claimed to have gotten special revelation. So words from God, um, the style of the devotional is written as if God is speaking through her. And this stuff is really dangerous, um, because this is not, um, this is not God. This is a woman speaking as if she's hearing from him um, and you're having women flock to receive um, and to read these devotionals and to be supposedly growing in their spirituality when really they're just growing in themselves um, and tickling ears pursuing things that um, are not really leading them to the truth of God's word and actually are leading them away um, and I think of word of faith um, Teachers like um, Priscilla Schreier and Beth Moore, who are super popular in um, these women's ministries, and they're just, they're not sound. They're not biblically sound. They appeal to the emotion. Um, they are charismatic women. Um, they tell good stories, and um, they can make you laugh, but when it comes to uh, true um sanctifying work that's not there um, and if anything it's damaging it's appealing to um, our emotions as women and it's not really giving anything of substance for us to um, really cling to to help us get through the real um, difficulties of life and to really um, examine ourselves and to work out our salvation with fear and trembling um, we're getting fed a lot of um, fluffy, really fluffy garbage in a lot of ways. Um, and it's not surprising that then, I mean, these are all really interconnected, you know, shallow fellowship, unbiblical teachings, but then unchecked sin, where there is lack of um, accountability, where there is um, a lack of a pursuit of holiness, really, because if we're not seeking to grow um and study God's word, and we're not seeking to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, then we're only appealing to the flesh. So in these places, in women's circles, you see gossip flourish, right? And it flourishes in um, the holy gossip prayer chain, you know, where it's like, oh, please pray for, and then just giant, like, you know, a thing that probably should not have been said about someone's personal life is now out there for everyone to see, or it's a way to also slander um, in a way that may seem, you know, quote, holy. And it's it's not. It's not. Um, 
and if anything, these things further divide the body and divide the church, and it, it's, um, it causes a lot of damage in the long run. I also think of um, just sins that are not addressed in women's circles, um, such as like immodesty. This is kind of, <laughs> I feel like in many ways, a taboo topic or a topic that um, women can get really um, emotional and offended about. And I know I was once there. Um, I was definitely in a place um, as a new believer where I did not want to be told what to wear um, or even have that brought to my attention. And I realized it was just revealing to me my own heart and my own sin and not wanting to submit um, to God, really. Um, but this is a topic that kind of lets slide. We kind of just assume each woman can discern for her self. Um, and it's this giant elephant in the room when, um, it serves, it's not serving, um, our sisters when we see someone in sin and we don't talk about it, especially with something like modesty, which is just a, the outward appearance is just the inward revealing of the inside. Um, and our willingness or lack of willingness to submit to God and submit to his word, um, and where we're finding our identity and um, just the struggle that um, happens with um, with the sin of, immo- of modesty and modesty. Um, and I also think of anxiety. So these are ones that I am naming specifically because they're ones that I have battled in my own life. And I know that the times that these sins have reared their ugly head and have been dominant in my life have been times where I have not been putting them to death and I have, if anything, indulged in them. And with anxiety, scripture is is clear. Like I think of Philippians 4, um, I think it's 6 through 7, to not be anxious about an- anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to let our requests be made known to God and the um, peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And the reality is when we are fearful and we let that fear control us um, and dictate how we live our lives, we're in essence saying that we don't fear and trust God. Um, And these are just an example. I'm just touching on a few of sins that are prominent in female circles, but aren't addressed um, and it's, it's this kind of, um, like slippery slope of, um, starting with not really going deep, not studying scripture correctly to allowing false teachings to come in because we're not discerning and then to letting sin reign. And the bigger problem that I think is the root of this, these issues that we see in women's ministries all goes back to Genesis three. So Genesis three is where we see the fall. And so I'm just going to turn to it. Um, and that is, you know, the classic, everyone knows Eve, Eve ate of the fruit and she gave to, she was deceived by the serpent. She ate the fruit, gave it to Adam. He ate and they're cast out of the garden um, because they have sinned and they've rebelled against God. And the entire problem in women's ministries is a lack of 
proper submission that I think is starting with the woman in her own life and in her own heart because where there's a an inverted um order of creation there's gonna sin's gonna abound and when um we look at Genesis 3 and how the order that God has given us, which is good because God is the one that gives us our roles. Um, and this isn't to be mistaken with, um, value. I think often critics that seek to mock, um, the roles and the values that God have given, has, has given us as men, biblical manhood and biblical womanhood, um, is to attack value and say that, God makes says a woman is less than, which is not true. We are all image bearers. We're all made in God's image and we all have value because he created us. And the reality is value does not equal order. And I think of like first um, Corinthians 11, where we see that the head of man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. This is the order that God created. It is good and it is perfect and it is with a purpose. But when we look at the whole Genesis 3 curse and world that we're living in, that order is flipped on its head. So where God created man and then woman to have dominion over beast, you then get the beast, the serpent, who deceives the woman, and the woman who then tempts the man, and the man who then wants to be like God. And this order's flipped on its head, and that's what we've been living in ever since. That's the that's a lie and the root of feminism that um, is so prevalent in the world and is, is truly seeping into the church and seeking to take root. Um, and that's the lie that we're seeing now everywhere, everywhere we turn. And so as women, we have to understand that our desire will be f- for our husband. And I'm, for the single ladies out there, your desire will be for the role of a man. <laughs> that That is what your desire will be. Um, and we have to fight that. We have to be aware of that. And we have to be um, walking Um, by the spirit to be able to be aware and to fight um, this sinful tendency in us. And um, I really do believe that this is the foundation uh, to all the problems that we see in ministries because women have not been submitting to the authority in their own sphere. Um, And that kind of trickles down and it ends up creating this giant mess and now you see women leading other women that aren't being submissive in their own spheres and obedient to God um and then there's also um this is a a point that I saw brought up in um an interview that Doreen Virtue did with Susan J. Heck so Doreen Virtue was a new ager um she was saved radically and she is now exposing the dangers of the new age she has a wonderful youtube channel um and instagram page where she highlights um and shares a lot and she has really great interviews and a woman she interviewed is susan j heck who is a sound biblical teacher um 
who teaches women, um, who loves the Lord, um, and who seeks to go deep in the study of God's word. And they were sharing a little bit about um, just some of their insights and um, things that they had seen in their own experiences with women's ministries. Um, And Susan brought up a good point, and she was saying that um, pastors, um, in essence, have abdicated the role of Women, women's ministries to another woman. Um, and whereas they are shepherd of an entire flock, they've now kind of just given the reins to a woman to lead and to, you know, shepherd and a smaller flock, right, to shepherd these women. But what happens is when a, the shepherd is not looking over his entire flock and he's not taking care of his entire flock, and then a portion of the flock is off doing its own thing, there's going to be some problems and there's going to be um, false teachings that can come in or weak teachings or um, just not growing in maturity. Um, And that um, the pastor, because he has abdicated this role, we're kind of seeing the trickle down in modern evangelicalism, the role of women's ministries and what they have morphed into, where they're either a glamorous um, pie-baking group or um, they're an outwardly rebellious group with women preaching and teaching and being um, in rebellion to um, God's word um, and being in rebellion to first Timothy 2.12. So it's kind of this extreme pendulum swing that's happened where you get outward rebellion on one side and then this caricature of womanhood, which is not um, even really biblical. It's more traditional. I guess it gets some elements from scripture, but it's more focused on the outward and it's missing the inside and it's missing the true heart of really submitting to God. Um, And that kind of leads into my last, um, I want to say last point, but the solution to all of these issues. And I think the solution always starts with us women. It starts with our own heart and submission before God, regardless whether anyone else is doing it, regardless whether we're in a place where it's easy, whether it's hard, whether it feels like an uphill battle, or whether we're surrounded by wonderful women that um, love the Lord and are walking with us and encouraging us. It doesn't matter. We are called to submit to God and to obey him, to keep his commandments. And um, a scripture that I wanted to share um, in that regard that came to mind is Psalm 8611. Uh, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So really, this should be the prayer um, that we all have as women um, and that we should be seeking God um, and seeking to submit to him and that um, the change to bad women, bad women's ministries starts starts with us um, and this looks different for every woman for you know the the girl who's still at home um, and who's under the submission of her father, that that is who you're submitting to God and you're submitting to the authority that God has placed in your life. To the wife um, who is given a husband, we're called to 
submit to God, submit to our husbands, um, and to the single woman who is not married. Um, we are called to submit to the authorities, to your local church, to your local um, pastor and elders. And God has given us these orders um, for, for our good and for his glory. And it is how he designed us and created us to function. And it's so countercultural. It's so opposite of the world. Um, but it is a way that we can honor him. And I think a good question to ask is, are we doing these things um, before we kind of point the finger outward um, to name all the problems that we see, which are true. They may be very true, but it's an opportunity for us to look inward um, and to do that, you know, that hard um, mortification of sin, putting to death our flesh, um, and walking in holiness. It's an opportunity for us to do those things. Um, and I don't want to make light of the fact that these can be very painful moments, um, especially when you feel so isolated and I've been there and you feel so alone. Um, and it just feels in some ways just very hopeless. Um, my encouragement to you ladies who are there is to cry out to God to to cry out to him he knows the desires of your heart that he he has ordained this time and it's not without purpose that it is not in vain that we have that hope as um as children um of his and as heirs that he is working all things out for our good and for his glory and that we can press in those moments we can um look inside as to what he may be teaching us about our own sin and what how he's sanctifying us and growing us um and a wonderful wonderful um quote that that i came across when i was kind of coming up with this outline is from charles spurgeon and it goes like this stale godliness is ungodliness let our religion be as warm and constant and natural as the flow of the blood in our veins a living god must be served in a living way so my encouragement to you ladies is this is an opportunity to serve God in a living way in those valleys that seem difficult and trying is an opportunity for our godliness to be to come to life and our opportunity to worship him um, and our in essence our um, our faith be tested and be revealed so my heart is with you. I encourage you to pray. And I'd also encourage you to find the community that you can, um, even if that's, you know, just your own one and only Christian friend, um, whether that's in person or online, um, which is how I started off when I um, started Saints in Society. Go and find that community where you can. Pursue them and um, be persistent. Um, I know I often complained of lack of discipleship from older women, and when I realized that I hadn't been reaching out to older women, I kind of had this moment of like, oh, I, I kind of need to do that. Like, I can't just assume these women are going to know what I'm thinking. Um, wouldn't that be nice? Um, but we have to make the effort. We have to, you know, as awkward and as strange as it may seem, go up to, if you know of any older women um, in your church or in your community that um, are loving the Lord and you want to learn and glean from them, just ask them to hang, to hang out, to have a cup of coffee, um, glean from them. Um, and take those steps um, because really we can sit and we can complain and we can find fault 
all day, um, but we have the opportunity to be able to trust in God and also take action. Those two are very important. Um, But it's also important to have grace, to have grace towards the ministries um, that are not perfect or far from perfect, Um, and to remember that, you know, love um, covers a multitude of sins and that we're called to encourage one another to build each other up um, and that, you know, all that we do should be done in love. So where the temptation is to be critical, to be judgmental, um, and to point the finger, we can seek to be gracious and loving. But this isn't to be, um, I guess, mistaken with staying somewhere where there is heresy, where there is false teaching and false doctrine. Um, there's actually a um, times to leave a church and uh, I know John MacArthur wrote a phenomenal article that where he kind of breaks down um, the times that he would um, biblically say are appropriate to leave a church and I think maybe we can put that in the show notes but there are times where we are not called to stay in a church that is in rebellion to God um, but there's discernment and wisdom that comes into seeing if this is a core essential um, doctrine issue, or if this is a matter of ignorance and secondary, um, and that can be worked through in communication and prayer and patience. So um, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, And I think that's pretty much all that I can think of when it comes to the solution and pray, really pray. Prayer does wonders for our soul and um, it is incredible when God is faithful um, and we can, well, God is always faithful, faithful, but it is incredible when we can point to the prayers that have been answered um, and that God has walked us through long, you know, periods of of suffering or doubt or pain and we see when he he brings us through and my encouragement is to pray pray for the fellowship that you're designing pray for the um the leaders in your women's ministries um pray that you may um be that Titus 2 woman that God equip you and that he sanctify you so that you may be able to disciple and to teach um, and to serve other ladies around you in that way. Um, And the last thing I want to leave with is, I don't know if I said the last thing was the last thing. (laughs) I'm getting all turned around a little bit, Um, but this is why I have my notebook. Um, I wanted to share a few resources that for me have been absolutely um, just critical (laughs) and that they have been with me since I became a believer and I'm so thankful for them. It's pretty incredible how we have a computer with us at all times. Like our phone is insane. What we, the, the wealth of resources that we now have at our fingertips. Um, It's pretty awesome. We can listen, we can watch, we can read just about anything. Um, And there are very sound, solid um, theological um, resources that um, are available for free. Um, so the top one that I would have to say, I I have listened to almost every day um, 
before I became a mom, <laughs> almost every day as a new believer. And then, you know, motherhood changed things. But I still try to listen to regularly is Ligonier. So Ligonier is R.C. Sproul's ministry. Um, and it, they have evolved into, I think they, they have a, um, an app and I think they have a podcast or on the app they have their 20-minute teaching series, which are available through radio. They have a daily video. They have a reading plan. They have articles. They also have um, a magazine you can subscribe to, um, and they have wonderful devotionals um, and wonderful resources and articles from um, theologians. And it truly has been super impactful and has covered oh, just a wealth of um, of theology for me. It's I've learned so much about church history. I've learned so much about um, just even certain um, reformed um, doctrines and creeds, and um, they have so many resources that are helpful and will aid you in your Christian walk wherever you are, whether that's your new believer or an older believer. Um, there, I, I couldn't recommend Ligonier enough. And I also, second, second one I recommend is the ESV um, Bible app because they have an audio option. So for those of you that you know are driving back and forth, have long commutes, or are home um, with your little ones and have less time to read, or um, yeah, just have time to listen. Um, I've listened to a, a majority of um, the ESV Bible through that app, um, and it's also has wonderful reading plans that you can go through, um, and it's um, it's great because you can have it on your phone. Um, and the ESV Bible, um, the study Bible is actually also wonderful. I think getting a good commentary is super helpful, especially if you want to start um, digging into um, just understanding a little bit more about the context of the scriptures that you're reading. Um, you don't need commentary. I do believe that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand and to interpret um, uh, scripture, but a commentary is super helpful. Um, and the ESV study Bible is great. Um, the Reformation study Bible is wonderful. Um, I've also used the HCSB. I think it's a CSB now. Um, but I don't want to overwhelm you guys with that. <laughs> I'll just leave you with Ligonier and the ESV Bible. Those are wonderful resources um, to start with and to really get lost in learning more about God. And to not be long-winded, I think... Those are just a general summary of um, my personal encounters that I've seen with men, women's ministries and also the root and how we can be as women combati combating those problems in our own lives. Um, and I hope and I pray that this was helpful and encouraging um, for you guys. Thank you, Anthony, for having me on um, to talk about this. Absolutely. Thank um, you. It's something that I really desire to see women equipped um, yeah. with knowing God's word and um, mm -hmm. truly have a desire and a passion to know him um, because what we know about God and how we, um, how affects how we worship. So 
our theology in essence informs our doxology. So if we have yeah. a poor foundation, we're going to have true poor doxology. And it's so important to know God and to study his word and to rightly um, value and love his word. And yeah. so, and that's a great point. Um, it's a point that you don't see too much coming out of the pulpits, how to rightly praise and um, worship God. So, you nail yeah. that. Um, and I think we're at a great stopping point. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, Izzy, to, um, to, to come up on here and to, to share this, uh, this great word. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Can you go ahead and share with everybody mm -hmm. who is listening um, how they can find you? Yes. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and um, under at Saints and Society. And I'm also on Twitter, and I don't use that one very often. And it's Saints and then the letter N Society, just because there's not enough letters on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, and oh, we re I recently launched um, an apparel shop, just by the way. Yeah, I saw that. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That was, um, it's been a fun project to work on. Um, yeah. So, some of the graphics and stuff I'd shared. On Instagram, I had requests made for stickers, so I had a little Etsy shop going for a while. And being um, the crazy, busy mother that I am, also <laughs> homeschooling my kids <laughs> and still doing photography on the side, wow. I couldn't keep up with my um, my sticker order. So I started kind of um, like another shop, which is more like. I don't want to say it's like, kind of like drop shipping, so you can mm -hmm. order and then it comes from um, a third party. But cool, it's yeah, that's a great way to get different products other than just stickers. So now I have apparel as well, um, and that website is saintsandsociety.com. Yeah, so. back around um, Christmas time, you sent me mm -hmm. one of your stickers. That I got it in the mail. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I sent it to a group, um, quite a few people. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Well, look, on mm -hmm. that note, uh, thank you for mm -hmm. joining us. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. This yeah. is a good conversation. It was a great conversation. It really was. Um, and I want to thank everybody who's listening again. And we are a matter of truth. Go check out some old episodes. Uh, we got plenty, plenty, plenty for you guys to listen to. Um, we'll be back um, maybe next week. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great rest of your week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.